Let's stay standing. Let's quickly pray. God, we thank You uh, that we get to worship You. We get to be in Your presence. You say, God, as we worship, we give You thanks and praise that we enter not only through the gates, but we actually enter into Your throne room. We've drawn close to You. And You say, as we do this, You also draw close to us. So in this moment, as You are close to us, will You touch us? Will You transform us? Will You change us? If our heart is hard in any way, will You soften it right now? Um, God, we wanna receive everything You have for us. We want You to plant Your Word deep in our hearts. So, so we ask You to remove barriers so that You can do the miracles You want to do. God, we even see in Scripture that You say, as we call on Your name, You heal us. So we call on Your name right now. Will You heal us spiritually? Will You heal us emotionally? Will You heal us physically right now? We ask You, believing that nothing's impossible for You and that these things are happening right now. We thank You for Your miracles. We submit to You. We want to do Your will. We resist the devil. We thank You that He has to flee. Pray your protection around us and our children. Pray in this hedge of protection that You'd minister to us. You bring freedom into our life. You'd lead us. And if anyone is without hope, pray that you draw them unto yourself right now. Knock on the door of their hearts so they can open up that door and receive you as their Saviour. In Jesus' Name. Everyone believed it said? Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. Good morning to everyone, especially our first time guests. We're so glad you can join us and hopefully you'll grab your first cappuccino afterwards. Um, and there will be one waiting for you at the God Can banner. Um, so everyone, you would have heard it and I just want to say it again, serve day is coming up. And uh, we know that it, it, Scripture shows us that Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And it, has, it also says the greatest will be servants. And, and so uh, we want to encourage you to step in to that moment and it really experience what we believe life's all about. When you start to serve people with no strings attached, you really start to experience the heart of God and start to live. And it's, it's just gonna be 60 minutes of your time where you're signing up to make a difference. And like we said, the best way to do it is interview group. Uh, but the, the plus side is even as you do it, you might find people um, that you connect with that you can actually step into relationship, into groups with. So I encourage you to sign up online um, or you can use the next step card so I'm, I would like more information, but it is online. And then Holiday Club, remember the biggest harvest of people is under 18. And, and then that four to 14 gap, they, they actually call it a window that you must make the most of uh, when it comes to evangelism. So we so into that and we have seen for over years a continuous harvest. So why don't you be part of that? Um, put your hand to the plow to, to a massive harvest um, that, um, opportunity when it comes to bringing the gospel to the next generation. So, and, and please, you can sow your time, um, your talent, and you can also sow treasure-wise into that. So, so be part of those two things. I just want to quickly pray as a congregation uh, for Ethne Stark as Reinhardt passed away yesterday. Um, Ethne and Reinhardt have been part of our church family for years. They actually, I think what I remember is they were here before I was even here. Um, I, got, I got, came to this church in 1996. And so just really part of our house, awesome family. Reinhardt's been sick for quite a few years now. And um, just for their family in this moment of saying goodbye, let's just trust for God's love and peace. Let's quickly pray for for Ethne and the children. God, we lift up Ethne, we lift up the children. We pray for your comfort 
um, your peace. Um, you say you give us peace uh, that passes even understanding. Um, God, I thank you that Ethne, even as she grieves now, can grieve and, and the children can grieve w- with hope, knowing that one day they'll be re- reunited in heaven. Um, please bless them now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we've been doing our Galatians series and um, next week's Father's Day. So I encourage you to bring your dads and ha- we're going to have some fun. We actually got a, a Father's Day challenge and um, yeah, we just try to make the most of the opportunity to create a family environment. So so we really encourage you. I know last year, Sol won the Father's Day challenge, strongest dad, um, just within the front row. And there were no other dads in the front row. So I don't know how you won there. But um, um, Sol was the fastest kid in his school, best looking, cleverest. Saul was homeschooled, so I didn't know if that was, we needed to, that information, but, <clears throat> but, but anyway, you were, that we gave you all those awards, but, <laughs> but I encourage you to come out to our Father's Day challenge, we've got some fun things, uh, we, what I think we bring in is a strength machine, it's these bulls horns, where you actually squeeze it and then it gives you a score, and across the day, we'll be doing the challenge, um, and then we'll, we'll give the, the, the strongest dad a prize. Um, we actually took it to a youth camp once and this girl beat all the guys and, and the guys were devastated. Anyway, like, um, but I think she actually was a top wrestler. Anyway, so, so um, and I realized we needed to get stronger guys in youth. Anyway, um, but, but why don't you come out and have some fun with us. After Father's Day, it's our last week of our Galatians series. Uh, we're going to go into an encounter series, which will lead us to our five nights of worship in our prayer and fasting season. Incredible nights of worship. So I encourage you, join us um, in that. Then we're going to speak about, uh, into um, a series called Build to Last. Of course, we want to build with eternity in mind. And after that, we're actually going to be looking, at the plan is, and we've been studying it, but, but how to actually have more fun in your relationships with your wife, with your kids, and actually how to biblically learn how to actually bring life and, and, um, into your relationships. Um, and, and let's face it, you can have your kids around the table, but when you guys are enjoying life together, it's going to be way more fun. And people go where they, 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 can, they don't invite anyone to something that, that they're not having fun in. Um, and here's a simple thought that you can't function without fun. Okay, it begins with fun. And so if you want your marriage to function, your relationship with your kids, there needs to be a bit of fun. You want your, so, so we're going to speak into that. I know you're going to, how do we, but just a sense from God that we actually need to do that. Um, and, and even for you, one day your kids leave the home, they want to come back and be part of family because you're actually having fun together as a family. It's not this place where they go, shh, I don't want to go back there. No, no, you've actually learned how to build family in a healthy way and actually also learn to laugh and have a joy in your house. Um, so join us for that. But Galatians 6 verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give so we've been looking at the, the book of Galatians and we've seen that, that Paul was encouraging the Christians in that area to focus on Jesus. The Jewish leaders who had brought the church to the area were saying, you need to not only have the gospel, but you should also obey the law. And Paul points out, well, the law's fulfilled in this command, love God and love people and all of the law be fulfilled. So, so please don't put that, uh, that weight on them that, that actually is going to take away from the gospel. 
Um, other uh, leaders were saying, you know, if, you, if you're a Christian, you also need to be circumcised like us uh, Jewish men. And um, you guys, we've said it in the series, imagine us doing growth track and tell you that's your next step as a guy. We'd have a woman strong church. You know what I mean? We'd have no guys in the church. But... But they were saying this, and Paul actually said, I wish that you'd stop reproducing that slave mentality. That I, I pray that you stop actually having the ability to, to disciple and equip and raise up people who have that same mindset because you now are losing the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel is that even God initiated it. All glory to God, no glory to us. We can't be more saved by obeying the law. We can't be more saved by doing certain rituals. We are saved because God saw we needed a Saviour. Jesus died for us. And once we receive that free gift, we are saved by the grace of God. Paul also points out that we get the Holy Spirit. And that the fruits of the Spirit, of course, he points out love, patience. And, but he says there's also the fruits of the flesh in Galatians 5. But, but even as you study that, you see that not only is there drunkenness, is there sexual sin, but there's also this fleshly desire to, um, to actually find salvation in your flesh in what your flesh is telling you. If you just get more money, you'll be more saved. If you just become a better person, you'll be more saved. And, 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 and if you look at the outworking of that, it actually leads to jealousy, it leads to fighting, it leads to all this disconnect. But the fruit of the Spirit leads to um, fruits that, that actually end up building great relationship with God, patience, love, kindness, and with people. Um, if you study Galatians 5, you also realise that that once you become a child of God, your greatest desire is actually to please God. And, and you've actually got a greater desire now spiritually to be a child of God. And actually, once, when you please God, you've actually been the person you want to be now because you're a child of God. And, and even though you feel like your flesh is dominant, it's not. It's actually the weaker part of you. And that's why Paul says, I don't do what I want to do. And that's what happens to us when we do please our flesh. We actually do what we don't, we end up doing what we don't want to do. Because now we're children of God. And then Paul goes in Galatians and tells us to not be deceived. God can't be mocked. Man reaps what he sows. And whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Of course, if we, if we bring that all into this scripture, understanding what Paul's taught us, we'll see that, that the Holy Spirit is going to prompt you and lead you to sow in a way that pleases the Spirit. The, the stronger part of you has a desire to honour God and to sow in a way that reaps an eternal harvest. That's actually now what we understand because of Galatians 5, that that's actually who you are. But there is a side of us that still sows to the flesh and we reap destruction. Now, let's say you needed a heart and your heart was weak and you're waiting for a healthy heart so you can have a heart transplant. And because you had a weak heart, you just never took the stairs. You couldn't put your body under that pressure and you managed what, uh, the best way you could with a weak heart. All of a sudden they found a heart and it's a better heart than you could have hoped, dreamed or imagined. And the doctors are blown away at how perfect this heart is and it's actually better than, that they were trying to, than the one they were trying to find. And now they set it up, they give you the heart transplant. 
and you show up at the office and again, there's the lift. You choose to take the lift, but you've got a heart that can take the stairs. If you continuously take the lift, what's gonna happen is you're gonna position your new heart to live at the standard of your old heart. But you've been given a new heart. You don't have to now sow and live to please the old heart. You get to live to please the new heart, to grow in your new heart. And I'm asking you as a Christian, are you always living to please your flesh when actually you're a new creation in Christ and you have the power to take the stairs? (laughs) You know, the, the saying is if you've got an option between the lift and the stairs, always take the stairs because then you'll know what it takes to get to the top. (laughs) Of course, side note for young people, if you've got an option in your relationship to take the lift or the stairs, always take the stairs. Because as you go up in the stairs, you'll actually really get to know that person. But in the lift, you don't get to know the person. So always take the stairs. And Paul says in a way, if you sow, if you climb the stairs, you're going to reap eternal life. But if you just try to find quick fixes to feed the Spirit, what you will reap is very destructive. You know, as COVID came, the world felt out of control. Come on, didn't you feel like the laws changed, lockdown came in, and the thought that was put out there is we just don't know what's ahead of us. Things can change in a moment. Do you remember that? The other thought was, did you ever, it will never be the same. We will wear masks the rest of our life. And, and, and people started making these crazy statements. You know, as a team, we were praying and there weren't things that we could control in that moment. But there was still a law that was overriding all of the laws they were putting in place. It was the law of God. And this principle is one of the laws. We actually live in a seed and harvest time, the Bible says. And this is the time. One day when we get to heaven, we're not going to be in that time. But your lifetime is a seed and harvest time. So what we did was, we spoke, we said, what should we do? Because clearly we have a future in Christ. So we said, we're going to take every opportunity to sow good seed. We're going to sow locations. We're going to sow into churches. We even found a church that was planting. We raised money for their church plant. We sowed into missions, training centers. We finished off a building in Zambia. We're doing another one. And we just said, we're going to sow. Lukanya, one of our top young leaders, uh, that opportunity, we actually uh, sowed him into Peter Marysburg. Of course, we didn't send him like by his, he was like, I want to go. Like, we were like, okay. But we said, we're going to sow. We're going to sow. We're going to sow. Because here's the rule. Your only guarantee of a better tomorrow is what you sow today, if you sow good seeds today. The other guarantee of a better tomorrow is how you grow today. And sowing and growing both requires investment. They require seed. You need to sow outwardly and you have to sow into yourself. You need to sow into your relationship with God. You need to be reading books that grow you. But we decided we are going to sow. And by God's grace, we are now living 
in the harvest of those seeds. But we, of course, want to live in a continual harvest. So just a basic principle, number one, that we learn from the Scripture, whatever you sow, you'll reap. God can't be mocked. Do not be deceived. Um, number one, you reap what you sow. It's simple. What you sow, you're going to reap for the good or the bad. You'll har- you harvest whatever you plant. You'll harvest whatever you plant. Of course, here's the other thing. No seeds, no crop. You're going to have to sow to reap. You could be praying in church. God, bring breakthrough into my life. God, God, I'm expecting. God's going, give me something to work with. (laughs) Give me something. God, the crazy thing is what we don't realise is every breakthrough you're desiring, God has made available to you by the seed you have in your hand. You know, God, bring breakthrough into my marriage. So into your marriage. What? Love, kindness, gentleness, consider. Well, well, whatever you sow, you will. God, there's such disconnect at my workplace. Change it. How? Sow something. What do you want to see in your future? Sow that today. Whatever you sow, you reap. And, and a, a, a seed of nothing leads to a harvest of nothing. The crazy thing is, of course, you get more than what you sow. You can sow nothing and you reap even more nothing. <laughs> Sounds weird. It does sometimes feel like it. But you and I need to sow seeds. And what we learn is, no matter how small it seems, you have an opportunity every day to move in the direction of your desired outcome. In your marriage, relationship with your kids, in your work life, in your emotional life. So whatever you sow, you reap. Number two, you reap more than you sow. If you put an avocado seed in the ground, what do you get? An avocado? You get an avocado tree. That's a big return. A seed brings about a tree that brings about many fruits that has loads of seed. What a huge blessing. God, my life is so limited. Don't worry. You've got a seed that will produce more than you've got right now. My marriage is in a box. Don't worry. You can sow into your marriage and reap a harvest your marriage that's way more than what you're experiencing right now in your marriage. God, my relationship with my kid feels like it's shrinking. I'm losing it. Well, why don't you sow something today for what you want to reap tomorrow in your relationship with your, your children? It's your choice because you're going to get more than you sow. yes. Wrong seeds, wrong crops. Uh, What do you need more of? And sometimes you actually have to write it down to be a strategic sower. Because sometimes you might wake up and go, what's the point of making my spouse tea or showing them love or writing them a note or telling them I love them? What's the point? Well, the thing is you're setting yourself up for a season of nothingness. 
There's nothing in my marriage anymore. Well, you sowed nothing into it. So why did you expect something from it? And you tell your spouse, you know, you don't love me anymore. <laughs> it's always their fault, eh? But God has showed you that you're not a victim anymore. You've got the seed to determine the future. You know, the crazy thing is, we know the rule, hurt people. And we, we think that if we forgive the people who hurt us, that we saying that what they did's not bad. No, we saying what they did's bad, but we don't want more of it in our life. If they did bad to us, that's their seed they sowed. That's their harvest. Okay. I do not want that harvest. I'm going to sow something different. But the devil's tricked us. You feel better when you vent. Hey, I was going to get back. At I'm going to tune them. All of a sudden, you've got a harvest of anger, pain. <laughs> My life's so unfair, God. I live in bad things always happen to me. Okay, well, change the harvest. How? Change the seed. And you'll get more. But if you don't change the seed, you'll get more of what you sowed, even in the negative. If you're not reaping the results, hope for, re-examine the direction and what you're sowing. It doesn't matter what you intended to plant. The only things that count, that is actually what you did plant. But Andre, that wasn't my heart. God is going to multiply the seed you sow, not the, the intention. I intended to be good too. My spouse doesn't want to talk to me, but they don't know my heart. Nobody else knows it either. <laughs> you do nothing about your faith without works is dead. Intentions without actions leads to no harvest. We take, come on, let's face it. Somebody does a bad thing, we're like, oh, they're a bad person. We do it, we're like, yeah, but they don't know my heart, eh? <laughs> we overrate ourselves. We're like, we're good people. And that's normal. But we need to put something in the ground. Give God something to work with. But what a blessing. You always get back more than you put in. You get back more than you put in. We use it at the church all the time. We continuously, there's opportunities. People, young leaders say this and they, they're ready. And then people ask for help other churches. And we do what? Yes. And we sow because we know. God's going to raise up tenfold the leaders. I do think to really live is to understand that the future, your future is wrapped up in what you sow today. Like to really live. And you become, you be, you, you be so, you can't wait to sow. People say, hey, we've got this opportunity to sow into Zambia. Great, awesome. Count me in. We've got opportunity um, to have a, we're doing a date night course where you actually get to sow into, count me in, yeah. And, and we've got this thing that we've actually got this next gen camp and you get to bring your team and why don't you serve in the kitchen? Count me in. I'm going to sow some seed. I'm going to set up my future. 
But the world's saying, if you can just protect your schedule, protect your time, your talent, your treasure, you're going to take care of yourself. You're not going to be, you're not, no one's going to walk over you. You're not going to be, you know, all these people, are, nice guys finish last, okay? Like, don't be, I mean, like, like somehow, like we believe that stuff. And then, so we shrink back, we hold back, we, we tight-fisted, we don't give any compliments. We, you know what I mean? I'll compliment them when they compliment me. You're a fool. I'm a fool. But God can't be fooled. <laughs> Whatever you sow, you reap. Mark 4 verse 20. And the seed fell on good soil. Rep- um, and the seed that fell on good soil represents those who yearn, accept God's word, and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. The law of reproduction says to us, you reap what you sow. But the principle of multiplication says, you always reap more than you sow. And God's blessed us with the principle of multiplication. Now, I've always told people, serving God in the front end between 22 to 28, it did not add up. Even meeting Leanne and getting married at 30, it just was not adding up. But by God's grace, I just got taught, mentored and stayed open and sowed and sowed. Because I never knew after 30, it was about to multiply. (laughs) If I got caught up in the addition in my 20s, I would have pulled out and missed out on a great blessing. That's what Paul says, don't grow weary. Do you season? You reap a great harvest. It's going to multiply. That's why I love Proverbs 11 verse 24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets. That's why we even learn that if you want to have friends, you need to be a friend. The crazy thing is, if we always have the sense that everywhere we go, everything's, people are unfriendly, maybe we need to understand that we are unfriendly. And I'm not saying that's always the case. Yes, Cape Town, we can struggle with friendliness. Every other city, they want to care a bit more. But God shows us To have friends, you need to be a friend. It's a principle of sowing and reaping. And Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And there'll be times you want to give up. And that's why the third principle and final principle is so important. You reap after you sow. We know that with plants, and we might not see the movement on the ground, but, but we know there's movement. And, and yes, in, in our world, there might go the rain, and this is getting in the way. But God says to us, whatever you sow, you will reap. He doesn't say any other condition is going to stop it. That's what He says to us, whatever you sow. And so we know there is a season coming of harvest, but there's a gap. The key in the gap is not to get distracted. 
because in the in distractions, the wrong things grow. Anyone weed their garden a lot or weed their driveway? Anyone? Just be honest, any good Christians out there? Sometimes I'm a bad Christian, I forget to do it. And then anyone ever walked into their garden or their driveway and like a beanstalk of a weed has grown? There's a house on top of it, like Jack and the Beanstalk. Like you're going, how did the, where did this guy come from? And the only reason that weed has grown in my garden is because I got distracted. In a season, an information age, social media age, I promise you, distraction will cause the things to grow in your life that you don't want to grow, have grow. Weeds, they'll even show you how resilient they are. They'll grow right to your driveway. You, I mean, you plant something, you've taken care of it, you're praying over it, the weeds just growing. Like, you know, doesn't need any encouragement. And if you get distracted, things, the wrong thing's going to grow. For us, if we are going to know there's a gap and stay healthy, the soil matters. I remember hearing of a farmer in Piketberg who, had, who was growing almond trees and, and a, a, he was an organic farmer and he pretty, he'd won awards and they interviewed him in a magazine. They said, how do you get such great quality? He says, uh, with your almond trees, he says, because I realized my job is to just work with soil. The seed will do its own job. My job is the soil. If I can get good soil for that seed, we're going to have great trees. And for us, the soil for you and I is the attitude. And if you want to keep the soil healthy, make sure you're actually having time with Jesus. Stay connected to the vine. Because the fruits of the Spirit, the patience, the love, the peace, the kindness, that attitude will just sow seeds every day. Every morning you're going to sow a seed. You're going to go to pick and pay. You're going to sow a seed. You're going to be connecting with people. You're going to sow love. You're going to be good to others. You're going to sow into your marriage. You're going to sow into your workplace. You're going to hear of opportunities in the church. You're going to sow. Because the attitude, you've got an attitude of the sower. You see the opportunity. You've got a different attitude. You're not downcast. You're not a victim. You've got an attitude of a victim. I'll do it when they do it. No, no. You know that you are setting up your future. And if you can get that soil of your heart healthy, soft, you will sow seeds in and out of season and you will realize, without realizing, you'll position yourself for continual harvest. But if you grow weary, you will sow and then one day reap and then maybe sow again and you'll, you'll scatter the harvest. But God's calling you for a continual harvest in your marriage with your children. Come and you meet those couples. They've been married for years. And then they tell you, we've never had a fight. You're like, okay, okay, next. Yeah, like, you know, like, you guys need to have a go. Have a fight, okay. In other words, yo, we had, it was tough and we disconnected, that, but we sowed and, and we sowed and we sowed and we sowed. And now we're in the harvest season. Okay, come, come in, tell me some more. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. So yes, we're going to have to 
feed, water, and weed. We, we're gonna, we, we, we realise that consistency leads to growth. That's a rule. You want to practice that in your work life? Consistency leads to growth. You want to practice it in your marriage? You want to practice that even in your finances? Consistency, just little by little, same, it leads to growth. How do people get breakthrough? Consistency leads to growth. How much more in the kingdom as you sow seeds of love, of patience, it's going to lead to continual consistency leads to growth. You're just consistent. There's a massive opportunity in the kingdom of God. They might change the laws of the land. They might put restrictions on you, but there's no restrictions for those in the kingdom. The law of harvest and seed time is for all of us. Consistency leads to growth. And then you add some other secret ingredients. It's understanding that the harvest takes time. You don't let the instant gratification distract you from what your mission is. You know where you're on your way to. You know the destination for your marriage, for your children, for your spiritual life. You know that you're made for heaven. You're made for a person, his name's Jesus, and you're made for a place as heaven. You do not get distracted by the temporary life, the, the instant gratifications. You just keep focusing that every time, every day is an opportunity to sow a seed, to water, to harvest. Sometimes it's gonna be just just to get the weeds out, but you do not get distracted. You take time, it's worth it. It's worth it. You take time on it. Yes, there'll be predators to try to destroy your crops. Keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. You know, people talk down what you're doing in the kingdom. People talk down what you're doing in your marriage, what you're doing in your business, but you know why you're doing it. You don't have to argue with them. You don't get distracted because you know even in that argument, you could sow something you don't want. You stay away from it. You just keep sowing your seed. (laughs) Amen. The Bible teaches that consecutive sowing Consecutive sowing guarantees consecutive reaping. Your future begins with what you have in your hand right now. Nothing is too little for God to multiply. We all have received something from God that He is capable of reproducing. The secret is to have your hands open so you can put it in His hands. You're putting your marriage in His hands. You're putting this interaction in His hands. You're sowing to please the Spirit. God, they want me to react like this, but this I'm going to honour you in the way I respond. I'm going to please the Spirit. I'm going to honour you in the way I respond, how I do my, my life, my time, my talent, my treasure. And, and I'm going to honour you. I'm going to put it in your hands. See, fish and loaves in the schoolboy's lunch is fish and loaves to feed the schoolboy. But in Jesus' hands, thousands of faith. Are you putting it in His hands? Give your marriage, your relationships, your work life its best shot. promise you, this nation, if we have got sowers, we have got a harvest coming in this nation. God can't be mocked. Whatever we sow, we will reap. So even this moment, may it be you need to put your life in God's hands. You've never done it. You've maybe tried to save yourself. 
We learn that the wages of sin is death. It's a bill we can't pay, but the gift of God is eternal life. You can't earn the gift of God, but you can receive it as you surrender. The Bible says as we confess that we're sinners, that God's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He's, that's how He responds as you come to Him. And He becomes your Saviour and your Lord. How do you know if He's Lord of your life? It means He's first in your life. He's not second, He's not third, He's not fourth. To be Lord means He's first. And maybe something else has become first. This morning you need to say, God, You're first. I'm coming back to You. I'll bring You first. I'm asking You to forgive me of my sins. Close your eyes quickly. If that's you, I'd love to lead you in a confession. The Bible says as we confess that He's the Son of God, believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. I'd love to lead you in that confession. If you'd like to me to pray with you, just give me a wave wherever you are. Say, that's me. I, I need to come back to God. I need to receive Him as my Saviour. Just give me a wave. That's me. Say, Andre, if there's anyone just, you know, God speaking to you this morning and you need to respond to the Gospel and you need to receive uh, for the forgiveness God wants to give you, just give me a wave. If I missed you, just God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else just saying, that's me. I'm coming back to God. Or for the first time, come back to God. I'm giving my life to God. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray together. Jesus, I confess that You are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised You from the dead. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's just thank Jesus for what He's done for us. Can I ask everyone just to look to their right. We've got our team, uh, Yaku Kwame over there. We've got men and women counselors. If you... If you prayed that prayer, you might not even put your hand up. We'd love for you to uh, tell somebody. That's your next step. Tell somebody, I just came back to Jesus or for the first time received my forgiveness uh, from Jesus. And so tell somebody, if you need any prayer, you can make your way there as well. For all the new people, grab your first coffee as you go to the God Can banner. And then if you'd like to sign up for the Serve Day, it's 60 minutes of serving or for Holiday Club, you can use the Next Step card, go online or go to the God Can banner. Have an awesome Sunday. God bless you guys.